You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to tell you about an exciting event coming up on Friday, October 26th. Glenn Washington, an old friend of mine and host of Snap Judgment here on NPR, he's going to be in Detroit, in the Detroit area, at the Royal Oak Music Theater. Tickets are on sale now at AXS.com, but Glenn is also going to join me live in the studio that morning for a special hour-long conversation. We're going to talk about our history together at the University of Michigan and all kinds of other things that have happened since then. It is a benefit for WDET. You will join us for a quick breakfast and then you'll get to sit in the studio during that live broadcast. In order to be part of this event, you need to go to WDET.org slash give and make a donation, a one-time gift of $600. Uh, that's going to be a pretty exciting day here at WDET and in the Detroit area. And again, go to WDET.org slash give in order to participate. All right. Michigan will also elect among governor and secretary of state a new attorney general in November to replace Bill Schuette, who is term limited after eight years. There are three candidates on the ballot. Earlier this week, we heard from independent candidate Chris Gravelin. Today, we want to speak with the Democratic nominee, Dana Nessel. Dana, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thanks for having me, Stephen, but you should know that there are five candidates. There are five. That's right. Uh, you're right. There are more than just the three. Um, all right. Let's start with uh, your short pitch, really, about uh, why you are the best candidate uh, to be the next attorney general in the state of Michigan. Well, firstly, I think I have the most varied uh, experience out of anybody that it's running, that's running for this position. Um you know, I spent 11 years as uh, an assistant prosecutor for Wayne County, and I handled just about every kind of case you can imagine. Um, homicides, child abuse cases, domestic violence. Um, I handled a, a good number of police misconduct cases as well, so I have a lot of experience with that. Um, but then, unlike anyone who's held this office, uh, I did something um, that uh, no one has done who has held the office of uh, Michigan Attorney General, and that's I represented indigent defendants. Uh, so I spent many years representing people who were too poor to be able to afford an attorney. Um, I am a civil rights attorney as well, and I think it's high time that we had someone in the office of Michigan AG that cared about civil rights again. So uh, I've had some pretty major cases, and one that went to the United States Supreme Court and changed the law, not just in Michigan, but nationwide. Um, and I've also been instrumental in the fight against hate crimes here in Michigan, mm -hmm. and I um, founded the first anti-hate crime task force in the state of Michigan that I operate uh, in concert with Kim Worthy at the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office. So I've done a lot of different types of work, and uh, I think that I have um, an understanding of what that office needs to do to best protect all of the residents of the state of Michigan, and that's how I intend to operate that office. So, so talk about what particularly in your background is the thing that you think most prepares you for this job, which is very different from from uh, most other jobs uh, in state government, obviously, but also really different from other jobs that lawyers perform. I mean, in some ways, this is 
uh, about running a very large law firm. Uh, in some ways, it is about uh, advocating on behalf of consumers, uh, for instance. Uh, Frank Kelly uh, made a lot of that role of the office when he was the attorney general. What's the, the one part of your background you'd pick out and say, well, this is the thing that most prepares me for this role? Well, that's the that's the thing about my background. I can't point to one thing. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that I have so many different things that I've done that best prepares me. You know, we've seen people uh, in the past who were only ever, say, prosecutors. Um, and I'm not saying that that does not prepare you well. But, you know, it it really takes somebody who has had a number of different experiences to best appreciate how this office can best serve the people and best protect the public. So I think it's a combination of my civil rights work, of my prosecutorial work, of my criminal defense work, my work in family law, um, my work in civil rights, that really makes me prepared to understand the challenges of this uh, position and also how to use it in a manner um, that is most helpful to people in this state. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the specific issues that face the attorney general now and will uh, likely still face the attorney general after the election. I'm, I'm curious about the, your reaction to the deal that was struck recently between Governor Rick Snyder and Enbridge Energy about Line 5. This deal would bury a new stretch of pipeline under about 100 feet of bedrock beneath the Straits of Mackinac in a tunnel. Uh, Enbridge, of course, says this will be safer than uh, the exposed line, uh, the above ground line that runs beneath the Straits now. Uh, what, what's your sense of that? Well, I find it curious that uh, Snyder uh, is so anxious to get a deal like this uh, orchestrated before he leaves office. Um, as we know, the um, fuel that runs through Line 5 uh, under the Straits of Mackinac, 95% uh, of that uh, fuel goes to um, Canadian citizens. It doesn't go to uh, people from the state of Michigan at all, or Americans uh, for that matter. And for him to make this kind of concerted effort for a deal that is as extensive as that uh, in the hurried manner in which he's doing it. Uh, not to mention the fact that we've already discovered that, you know, allegedly it's the uh, Mackinac Bridge Authority that is supposed to um, really um, have be in a position of governing uh, and taking control of this deal. And yet we know that no one consulted them. <laughs> the people on the commission didn't even know anything about this deal and had never been spoken to by the governor's office about it. They learned about it only... Um, when the deal was made public. Um, so the whole thing's very curious to me. I, I don't understand what the, uh, the anxiousness is to aid uh, Enbridge Oil in their effort to be able to continue to make um, millions and millions of dollars uh, in a manner which I think jeopardizes um, the natural resources of our state. Yeah, some people have said that uh, the Attorney General should just act to get the, the line closed. I mean, th that's sort of the reflexive response that a lot of people have. I understand that it's a little more complicated than that. But do you think that the attorney general of the state of Michigan should be pushing uh, harder to, to get it closed, to get this line uh, shut off? I absolutely do. You know, I mean, as attorney general, you know, it is your obligation. It's your responsibility to defend the public trust and uh, it's right in the Michigan Constitution, which the attorney general swears to uphold uh, to protect this state's natural resources, to protect our air, to protect our water, to protect the Great Lakes. Um, and in order to fulfill that obligation, absolutely, uh, you need to make certain 
that we are protecting, uh, you know, we're protecting the Great Lakes. And to do so, you have to shut down Line 5. I mean, this is such a precarious situation that we are in. It's amazing. It's incredible that we haven't had uh, an enormous oil spill at this juncture, understanding all the problems with Line 5, understanding that this line was never supposed to be operating for 65 years, understanding all of the violations of the easement um, that make the continuation of the running of this line so dangerous. And I honestly believe, I mean, we, were, we are literally one anchor strike away from the biggest oil spill in American history. It will devastate the economy of the state of Michigan. We will never recover from it. So, yes, I absolutely believe um, that in defending the people of the state of Michigan, um, it is the obligation of the attorney general to make a, a concerted effort to shut down Line 5. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Dana Nessel. She is a Democratic candidate for Michigan Attorney General. We're talking about her campaign and uh, also what her plans look like for the office if she should win in November. What questions do you have for Dana Nessel? What do you think the next Attorney General's priorities should be, and what qualities do you look for in the person who is Attorney General here in the state of Michigan. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or if you go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, we will try to work your comments into the conversation. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, Dana, this year, Michigan saw the largest number of opioid-related deaths ever recorded. Uh, What would you do as attorney general to address this crisis? Well, you know, what a lot of other states are doing, which I think is really um, instrumental, is going after the um, pharmaceutical companies that, in my opinion, are in large part responsible for this crisis uh, and utilizing those settlements to put all kinds of procedures into place. Um, I think it's really important that we have diversionary programs uh, in place that allow for people to be diverted away from the criminal justice system and into treatment programs. Um, And we certainly need to make certain that we have the proper funding, not just for those treatment programs, but for emergency services um, so that every uh, EMS tech out there on the road uh, has uh, Naxalone, Narcone, uh, other types of medication that can prevent overdoses. Um, We certainly need to make certain that people who are out there uh, peddling uh, fentanyl and other products, that there's an aggressive effort to go after those folks and to make certain that the public is protected. Um, But I really think that it needs to start with accountability by the pharmaceutical companies that told doctors that these medications were safe um, and encouraged them to prescribe them at will. Um, And we need to reevaluate how we treat pain in this state and in this country and make a movement, a concerted movement away from opioids, which we know are incredibly addictive and incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones if you have questions for Michigan Attorney General nominee, Democratic nominee, Dana Nessel. Let's go to Chuck in Franklin. Chuck, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen, and it was good to see everybody uh, on Tuesday. Uh, yes, we were very glad you came out for uh, Smart Politics at the Anchor Bar. That was fun. 
Um, I know that um, a respected friend of the show is Zach Gorchow of the Gongwer News Service in Lansing. Mm-hmm. And um, he has uh, done a Gongwer News site blog post um, about uh, candidate Nessel. And uh, basically, the, the story is that um, uh, there have been numerous and repeated uh, resignations and firings from her campaign. Um, uh, these are people who are uh, dedicated lifelong Democrats, uh, Democratic Party workers who worked for candidate Nessel. And as they have left or have all been fired, they have been using terms like chaotic and toxic environment and crazy and verbally abusive about Nessel and the campaign. Hmm. And Zach Gorchow's point uh, in his blog post was Dana Nessel has not addressed any of these issues with any reporters. And as he says, further, at some point in this race, whether in debates or interviews, Ms. Nessel will have to discuss what happened in her own words and not through a written statement. Hmm. Um, and it, 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 that, that blog post, I believe, was put up before another, um, another uh, 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 shoe hit the floor, which was that um, Dana Nessel was shown to have threatened uh, a former fundraiser with a personal protection order. Yeah. Um, so th- that's all out there. And Chuck, she needs to address it. Yeah, Chuck, uh, I appreciate the call uh, and the points. Uh, uh, Dana, how, how would you address the things that Zach Gorchow's blog post raised? Well, you know, first of all, let me say this. Um, what your caller, one of the things he indicated is in terms of uh, discussing issues in debates. I, I find that the, the word debate to be interesting because I have uh, asked on several occasions uh, for uh, Tom Leonard, my Republican opponent, to debate me, and he refuses to do so. Sure. Um, you know, I know that Tim Skubik uh, made an offer to have us on Off the Record, and he refused to do that. Devin Skillian from WDIV also made a similar offer, and my understanding is that he's refusing to do that. Um, and so I find it interesting that my Republican opponent refuses to go face-to-face, head-to-head with me to discuss um, what his policies are and to defend his record uh, in the House of Representatives, um, and so that we can really discuss the issues mm-hmm. and what we plan to do but as these are, general. Uh, so is, we'll start with that. Okay. Secondly, but, let me say this. Go ahead. I have, you know, I practiced law in this state for 25 years. I have worked uh, very closely with people, especially in the Frank Murphy Hall of Justice, for decades. Um, I am supported by people like Kim Worthy, who uh, I worked with and for for many years, and you know. I have an excellent reputation as it pertains to um, my legal acumen and skill. And um, the things that, 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 you know, are people are bringing forth to try to distract from the issues in this candidacy, in this campaign, and the things that I plan to do as Michigan Attorney General, it is nothing more than that. It is a distraction from the policies that I plan to implement uh, in order to best protect people in the state of Michigan. And... You know, campaigns are very different from running a law office. My campaign has been uh, very successful to the extent that we have raised far in excess what anybody has ever raised uh, who has run for Michigan Attorney General as a Democrat. But this has been a grassroots campaign. So we've brought a lot of people on staff um, who were volunteers on the campaign. Um, 
who, quite frankly, because um, I did not have the types of resources that other candidates would have as a first-time candidate. I was not taking uh, corporate PAC money, and I have not taken any corporate PAC money. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a lot of volunteers work on the campaign, and I've had a lot of people um, come and go for short periods of time in the campaign who were volunteers. And I've had, uh, I mean, this we've we've been running, I, I announced in August of 2017, so that's quite a long time that I have been uh, running. And I have had volunteers who have come and gone on the campaign uh, throughout the course of, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of this campaign cycle. But I will say this. Uh, I have an excellent reputation as an attorney. 25 years. I've never been grieved. Not once. I've never been sued. Um, I, I would challenge you to find any other attorney who can say they've been practicing that long and has handled as many cases as I've handled. And if you talk to the judges that I've appeared in front of, if you talk to my co-counsel on cases, if you talk to my opposing counsel, they will all tell you the same thing, which is that um, I have, uh, you know, uh, a very good reputation in regard to my ethics and regard to my temperament. So do and you? So I, I honestly, I believe that that is an effort to distract from the actual issues of this race, which are what what I will best do to protect the residents of the state of Michigan as Michigan Attorney General. Okay, so, but uh, do do you then dispute the specific accounts of former campaign staffers who say, for instance, that your conduct was out of line, that uh, you were constantly berating staffers, and that that is the cause of the high turnover? Stephen, I, I, A, I do dispute that, and B, um, you know, I'm concerned that we have so many issues in the state of Michigan right now. Well, but don't you think temperament to... and management style are, are legitimate issues for I'm... the attorney general? Well, I can tell you that I run a nonprofit right now that has, um, again, we have a 100 percent conviction rate in terms of our um, investigation and prosecution of hate crimes in the state. And I have several staff members and I have never had any complaints, uh, nor have we had any turnover in that organization. And that's an organization that I run very effectively. And again, I have practiced in the courts in the state for decades and decades, and those concerns have never been heard. And I've been uh, endorsed by people, you know, all over the state that I've spent years working with who will tell you um, that I am a, you know, a very focused attorney. I, um, I do my research and I work very hard. And then I have always, always worked uh, to try to help those who need help the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I've probably handled more pro bono cases than just about anybody uh, who's been practicing law for as long as I have in this state, and I've done so in an effort to help as many people as possible, and that's what I intend to do with this office. I want to take communities of people that have not had fair representation in this state um, and who need who need an attorney general looking out for them, uh, and I want to do everything I can to assist as many people as possible and to provide the help that their state attorney general ought to be giving them. But quite frankly, hasn't for many years. Yeah. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Your question, your questions for Democratic Attorney General nominee Dana Nessel. Let's go to Vern in East Point. Vern, welcome to Detroit hey. today. Uh-huh. Hey, how's it going? First of all, I love this show. Oh, um, thank you, sir. <laughs> every morning before I go to work, I, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> I had a, a question for uh, Ms. Nessel, mm-hmm. I was wondering, um, as Attorney General, let's say the Flint water crisis happened under your watch, what would you, what would you do, um, or what would be your uh, line of thinking, or how would you handle that situation? You know, finding evidence, uh, 
you know, holding people accountable and uh, pretty much, you know, engaging um, the inner cities such as Flint. You know, if that crisis would have happened in Detroit or something like that, what would be your protocol or what would you where would you start yeah. and how would you hold people accountable? Great question, Vern. Thank you very much for the call and the question. Uh, one one context to put this in, I guess, is the handling of this crisis by Attorney General Bill Schuette. Uh, the, the criminal uh, consequences he's he has sought. Uh, give us an idea of how you assess that and maybe would do it uh, the same or different. Well, I think the question is, what will I do come January, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, the attorney general, uh, whoever that is, will be inheriting we'll inherit this, right. both the criminal cases and the civil cases. Yes. Um, so in the criminal cases, uh, I do not believe that um, – these cases have been handled properly. I, um, I'm not in agreement that um, this special prosecutor, Todd Flood, uh, should be paid millions and millions and millions of dollars billing uh, extraordinary fees for what amounts to a handful of prosecutions. I would build a firewall in my office, and I would have salaried employees, people who are career prosecutors, also defense attorneys, retired judges, uh, people who have a tremendous amount of experience and who don't have a conflict of interest as I believe Mr. Flood has. I mean, he's a, not just been a campaign contributor, of course, to Bill Schuette, but also to Rick Snyder, somebody who ostensibly should be a target of the investigation. I will review all of the cases that are pending and ensure that those cases have been properly charged um, before proceeding on them. But I'll also review the investigation as a whole to see if there's anyone uh, who should have been charged and, um, and wasn't, where there's probable cause to believe that... Um, uh, any individuals uh, were complicit uh, in any crimes, uh, I would still have the ability to move forward on that. There's a six-year statute of limitations sure. on almost all of the pertinent felony uh, or misdemeanor uh, offenses. And I would not hesitate to uh, bring charges in the event that there's anyone who should have been charged but hasn't. Uh, so so, so to, to sort of bring that to brass tacks, the... The, the one person that lots of people think has been left out of the criminal inquiry has been Governor Snyder. Would you pursue uh, possible criminal charges against the former governor at that point if you were to become attorney general? Right. So one of the issues that I've had with this investigation is that I do think it's been politically partisan. Uh, and I do believe that Schuette's cases have been brought for political expediency. And so whether or not there are actors that bad actors that should have been charged or not, including um, the governor, I think that has to be reevaluated and reexamined. And I will review all of the evidence in the case. I will make certain that the investigation has been done properly. And again, whoever, whoever um, there is probable cause to believe that they have committed uh, a crime, that person will be charged irrespective of what their position was in state government. Okay. Uh, again, thanks for the call and the, the questions there. That, uh, that was an interesting subject to interject into this. Let's uh, talk to Adam, Adam and Macomb. We've got about two minutes left, but I wanted to squeeze you in here, Adam. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh-huh. Go ahead. So I just had a quick question for you, uh, an, an idea that's very popular among Democratic uh, uh, candidates such as yourself. I wanted to know your opinion on the gender pay gap, you know, whether you think it's fiction or because, you know, these obviously temperament and management are very important issues to talk about in our current uh, day politics. But so is, you know, this culture of you know, accusation, accusatory statements and all this kind of stuff. So gender pay gap is something extremely important uh, that I would like to talk about. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Unfiltered. 
from the media. Okay, great question, uh, Adam. Uh, Dana, is there a role for the Attorney General well, I in think, that issue? I think the role would be where there are laws that um, uh, that prevent discrimination, and whether that's the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act um, or any other pertinent laws um, that prohibit discrimination based on sex or gender. I do think that the Attorney General plays a role in ensuring uh, that those laws are enforced. And I'll give you... Um, an example, we know that auto insurance companies, not only do they discriminate uh, against communities of color in redlining, but they also discriminate against female drivers. And that is a case that has never been brought. And I vowed to bring that case where you have, uh, you know, similarly situated women uh, who are charged a different rate um, than uh, a male driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a case I would bring. And there are cases um, of a similar ilk that I think it's important that the attorney general become involved in in order to uh, protect the public from discriminatory practices. Uh, In terms of equal pay, I think uh, there's a lot uh, about that that is more legislative in nature than it is um, appropriate for the attorney general to, um, you know, to become involved in. But where there are laws that exist and where the attorney general um, can play a role in enforcing laws to make certain that um, people in the state of Michigan, our state residents, are not discriminated against. Absolutely, I wouldn't hesitate to bring those cases. Okay. Dana Nessel, Democratic candidate for Michigan Attorney General. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, we are making an effort to get uh, candidates for all of the major state offices in here uh, to talk about their candidacies and the offices they seek before the election. We should make a note now, though, that Republican Tom Leonard, who is one of the candidates running against Dana Nessel for Michigan Attorney General, has repeatedly refused to come in and sit and talk with us. Uh, this is something that has gone on not just during the campaign, but almost the entire time that Tom Leonard has been Speaker of the House. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think there is something going on there with him not liking uh, me or our show. Uh, the problem, though, is that he's not punishing us by refusing to come in here and answer questions about what he'd do as Attorney General. He's, a pun- he's punishing citizens and voters, uh, and I think it's really an unfortunate circumstance. But we will try to get the rest of the statewide candidates for office in here before the November election. All right, that's going to do it for me this week. I will be back next week. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you Monday.